Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational, brought to you by Mountain Mama's, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. That was very empowering how you said that. Right? I was <laughs> feeling empowered. <laughs> My name is Emily Hacken. And I'm Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And we have the most amazing um, Caitlin Campbell with us today. Um, I met her, I think, I don't know if we've met before the most recent caving trip. Have we? I went on the repelling oh, clinic yes. with you. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we've gone on a couple trips together. Um, most recently, we were doing a hike um, down at Lehman Caves in Nevada. And Caitlin had mentioned that she had done some had done the Highland Trail, Highline Trail, Highline Trail. Highline, yes. And it's 100 miles through the Uinta Mountains in Utah. And mm. so um, we just wanted to hear her thoughts on that. But before we get into that, I just wanted to introduce, she is originally born in New Hampshire, currently lives in Springville, and has um, most of her family lives in New Hampshire, but she lives with her partner, Dan, in Springville right now. Okay, so since you grew up in New Hampshire, are our winters just kind of like adorable in comparison, or <laughs> uh, or is it about the same? I don't know because I have never been to. Yeah, New, New Hampshire, Hampshire has four distinct seasons. I think winters are more harsh in New Hampshire. I feel like I've become soft since moving to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do you guys get like ice storms and yeah. things? Yeah, snow and ice. Like the freezing rain. Yes, Is that a, thing? a lot of northeast storms as they come in, they'll snow, and then as the storm's moving out, the temperatures rise, and it turns into freezing rain, um, which makes for great sledding, but <laughs> also pretty treacherous roads. Oh, yeah. like it just would freeze every, I've just seen pictures and on the power lines, and yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, we don't have that here. <laughs> no, we don't, so that's, that sounds brutal. <laughs> I love that you're... Hey, you've gotten soft in Utah. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. She also works for the um, the United States Forest Service in the Manti LaSalle National Forest. And what area did you say? What your district or? Yeah. So I work out of the San Pete office, which is in Ephraim. Mm -hmm. And I cover kind of an area between Highway 6 and Interstate 70. Um, so I cover the San Pete, Fern, and Price Ranger districts. Oh my heck, are you familiar with the BLM? Do you work with the BLM in that area as well? Not really. Um, just mostly if I'm giving directions, I can point people out to things, but I'm not <laughs> as familiar with the BLM. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, we play a lot in the San Rafael Swell area that's all oh. BLM. But yeah. I, I just love that you know that area. We're going to have to pick your brain for hikes and places, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a, a great office to have. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the day like for you? Um... I work in special use permits, so it's for private infrastructure on Forest Service land. Um, so I go and do a, inspections. I work in a lot of contracts. Um, it, depending on what phone call comes in, kind of predicts what my day would look like. So you that kind of don't know what your day will be day to day. I have a list of things I'd like to accomplish, but sometimes that deviates largely from that list. Okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Matt, do you spend a lot of time in the field or a lot of time in the office? Um, probably for every day in the field, I have three days in the office, something like that. That's uh -huh. not bad. No, that's not bad. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some of your favorite places to go in your district that you love? Um, like your little special hikes or places? or The Sand Pitch Mountain Range 
is spectacular. Most people know Maple Canyon, which yeah. is a rock climbing area, but there's a lot of conglomerate rock and just it's green and there's big green um, meadows up on top of the mountain range. And Ooh, that sounds beautiful. And you said conglomerate rock or yeah. what does that mean? I'm... Conglomerate rock is small. It's formed under oceans, I believe. I'm not a geologist specialist, but uh, think like softball sized rocks that are stuck in like solidified mud. Ooh. So when you look at it, it looks like there's lots of um, like ping pong ball sized to softball sized rocks stuck in a larger rock. I love it. That sounds so cool. I love stuff like that. There's so. a canyon. Yeah, she's talking about Maple Canyon is awesome for rock climbing. Has a lot of bolted routes. And we've gone up Box Canyon, which is one of the side canyons. And it's just a cool, it's almost kind of like a slot canyon. There's some small waterfalls and stuff like that you can climb up or down. And yeah. It is amazing up there, like unlike anything else. Yeah, there's also a lot of lakes up on the National Forest where I work. It's so nice to go from the valley in the summer where it's so hot, and then you can get up to 10,000 feet, and there's snow drifts, and there's lakes. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I like that about where I work. Yeah, <laughs> that is so cool. I wanted uh, to be you when I grew up. <laughs> yeah. I remember back in the day. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Well, we want to hear all about um, your adventure doing the Highline Trail. You said you hiked that in 2020, so just last summer. Yeah. And kind of like what got you started? Where did that come from? And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had lived in Utah previously, and then I moved back to Utah in 2015 to work for the Forest Service up in Camas. And previously I worked in recreation, more specifically on trails, and wilderness. So part of my ranger district was the western terminus of the Highline Trail. So I'd seen a very small section of the trail, but just knowing that that trail uh, was my greater backyard, I wanted to, to hike the whole trail. Um, so yeah, I think that put it in my head. I didn't mm -hmm. hike it. Um, I moved around and I, I didn't hike it until last summer, but I... Yeah, what was like, why last summer? What was kind of your is it factor? Is it because of like all the pandemic-y kind of stuff that was going on or was it separate? Separate. Yeah, I guess when I was come out of a, a long-term relationship and I wanted to oh. put myself first. Yeah, so. for sure. We know that, <laughs> yep. I was like, I'm going to set time aside to do this thing that I really want to do. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so in late 2019, I met Dan, and probably on our first date, I was like, next summer, I'm going to do this backpacking trail. And like, <laughs> Dan had been, he'd done a one-night overnight backpacking tri trip, uh -huh. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to do it too. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. He's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So we um, put together like a training schedule and we went on lots of hikes and yeah, Dan and I hiked it um, in August and we had exceptional weather for it. Um, Why did you choose during, August? Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say during your training, what kind of trails did you guys do? Or I'm mean, like, how long were you doing like seven milers? Kind of what were you doing to train for this? Yeah, I, we put together like this training, uh, like a monthly training guide. 
and then didn't follow it at all. <laughs> um, and I think also like we put that together and then the pandemic started. So everything shifted a little bit. Oh, but for sure. Mostly we did long weekend trips with day hikes. Okay. Um, we didn't do actually that much backpacking. We did one one night overnight backpacking trip. Uh-huh. So we we're we we're definitely ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's like Sometimes you just do what you can do and then yeah. you just go for it. I well don't when know. you I mean when you and Aaron went up to Everest and our training was in Zine Peak, so just so you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super like little. Um, yeah. but, but it still worked. It was so much better to like under plan and go rather than over plan, freak out and not go, right? It's true. It's true. You are surprised. I think people are surprised with what their bodies can do and with determination. Yeah. 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 So we, we headed down to the desert earlier in the spring. We went down to San Rafael Swell a handful of times and then we hiked around Utah County. I hadn't spent really any time in this area. So Squaw Peak, um, Big Baldy. We did mountain biking. Um, we started on some of the bike paths around here because those melted out earlier in the spring and then headed up to Park City, like um, Kimmel Junction area to mountain bike. And we hiked Mount Nebo. Uh, our one night overnight was on Timp. Oh, okay. Uh, Timp is our 11,000 yeah, foot peak up here. So, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. That's a good one to do a backpacking on. Well, because the then... Highland's high. It's high ele- elevation the whole time. And I don't know. I mean, you get to King's Peak and that's... 12, isn't it, or something? Yeah, I think it's just shy of 13. Yeah, it's up there. So you want to get some elevation training, too, for this hike. Mm, Yeah, yeah, we did hike out in the Uintas once, but we didn't really want to focus there because we're like, oh, we're going to spend, like, a a big chunk of our vacation time. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't want to get hiking. (laughs) Yeah, in the Uintas. Um, Okay, and then, like, more to Emily's point earlier, why did you choose August? We wanted to train for it first. Oh, so uh, just you had enough time? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it, um, we didn't want to run into snow or like big snow drifts. You go mm. over a lot of, oh, a handful of passes. Most of the trails above 10,000 feet. So if you go in June, you're going to be walking in snow. Yeah. Um, July, yeah. you might still have some snow drifts. You went as it's not uncommon for it to snow in July. So that's like August. Okay. Hopefully for the best weather. <laughs> nice. No, that um, makes sense. It's also very mosquito-y up there. So in August, things have started to dry out and there's fewer mosquitoes. Ooh, that's good to know. Yeah. That is awesome. And then what kind of gear did you pack? Anything new that you were trying or um, gear that you wished you had or, or glad you brought? We brought raincoats and it didn't rain on us at all. <laughs> it was it's typically <laughs> monsoons up in the Uintas. So oh, okay. Afternoon thunderstorms are pretty common. Yeah. Um, we packed way too much food. I think that would be something that I would think about more. Um, and, yeah, we did another 100-mile trip this summer, and we planned our food much better. But we ended up with a lot of extra food. We packed too many sweet snacks, so, like, fruit snacks and Nature Valley granola bars and just all sugary things, and we just really craved savory snacks oh. and we wish we'd packed nuts or jerky or something else that wasn't sweet no that makes sense also that 100 percent sounds like how i would pack so that is good to know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why do you think that's what you crave i feel like you crave more sweet in the city but like when you're out exercising you're losing all that salt and you need to replenish that and your body craves that so it's really important to have a lot of salty savory stuff yeah i 
Um, in 2013, I hiked the Appalachian Trail, and I think the memories that were like most crisp in my mind was the end of the trail. All I craved was sweet snacks. I think ah. my body was just like, I can't process anything else. Like, give me that simple sugar to eat. <laughs> so I was like, what we need to do is subside on sugar for 100 miles. <laughs> Dan grew up in Utah County, and he was like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, we are going to have Caitlin back to talk about the Appalachian Trail sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have stories on yeah. stories on and, that. And, and yeah, Utah County, as well as Salt Lake County, we are uh, very known for having lots and lots of like cupcake and cookie and ice cream places <laughs> everywhere. So that totally makes sense where he'd be like, he's like, all right, sounds good. So what yeah. was your first day like? Like how did, I mean, it's a, sh- it's a. 100 miles, how did you break that up? How many days? You know, where was your start and end, all that jazz? Yeah, so on Friday night, Dan and I drove up in two separate cars, and we dropped my car off at the Western Terminus, which is Hayden Pass along Mirror Lake Highway, uh, outside Camas, or like 30 miles outside Camas. And then we, Saturday morning, we met with Dan's parents, and they were so excited to drop us off uh, on the eastern end. We started at Lydie Peak. Um, Lydie? So how do you spell that? L-E-I-D-Y. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I think it's Lydie Peak. I'm not sure, if that, but that's how you spell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they drove us there, and I, I think they were a little hesitant to drop us off. <laughs> And they're like, are you sure you have everything? And they picked up <laughs> our bags, and they're like, they feel sufficiently heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we planned to hike it in six days. So we got dropped off around noon um, that Saturday, and then we wanted to hike it in six days or so, so we'd have like a day off before we had to go back to work. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Yeah, to recuperate, for sure, for sure. Um yeah, so the, the first day we did around 10 miles. And before, did you say you, we were talking before, like, did you guys cut off the first 20 miles because you had heard that it was just like dead desert sagebrush or something, just like not super fun hiking? Yeah, I think it's a dual ATV and hiking trail. Yeah, like mm. the trail wasn't fun. And so, so it's like double track through sagebrush and online reviews said that a lot of the water sources were compromised by like cows or sheep or livestock or something. So Uh, there's grazing on national forest land. And I think in that area, it's a little lower elevation. There's not as much water. Um, And uh I was like, uh, So you skipped the first 20 miles and then started like, okay. Yeah. So skip, we did about 85 miles, I think is our total mileage. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just, I wasn't excited to start the trip by, like, running through sagebrush. I'm like, we're not going to, like, meander through this. So, like, yeah, we yeah. would run through it. Um, but, yeah, we went to Laddie Peak Trailhead. And, yeah, pretty immediately you get up into the Uintas and they're, like, they're old mountains and they're big kind of roly-poly, different than the Wasatch that are very, like, jagged and steep. And, yeah, it's just huge open views that are endless and undeveloped you know you don't see any development in sight uh you start and you're out of cell phone service and there's really there's cell phone service when you're near king's peak but you just like you're unconnected and that feels pretty great because you're just gonna get into your zone of like hey this is this is what we're doing like we're not 
we're not worried about what else is going on in the world. We're just here and we're doing this. Um, How many miles were you doing a day? Yeah. Because you said the first one you did like 10. But yeah. Then... The breakdown kind of ended up being 10, 20, which was a big day. Um, 15, 15, 15, 10. So that's how it shook out. <laughs> <laughs> how would you, like, um, it's like a the water warm sources and things like that up there? There's so much water, uh, lakes, streams. We brought filters. Um, but yeah, we never had to really carry probably more than a liter, liter and a half. Wow. Because you like can refill probably every hour. So that's cool. That's yeah. really, especially in August. That's awesome. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of lakes. Um, I think if I was going to hike it again, I would hike it slower and have more time to go swimming in the lakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. What would you, yeah, like, what would be your mileage if you were going to do it again? Uh, I think like 10 to 12 mile days would yeah. seem more reasonable. And then camp, like where were you choosing to camp and things? We planned it out ahead of time. So we had our route and like where our campsites would be ahead of time and near water, it's nice to camp near water just so you don't have to walk along with distance carrying water. Yeah. Um, and we, I think we broke it up to with passes. Like we didn't want to do like more than two mountain passes in a day. So both distance and then elevation gain is kind of how we broke out days. Ah, okay. So I think the first day we knew like we're not going to have a full day of hiking. So we'll do a shorter day the first day. Yeah, uh, that's, I guess, how that broke down. <laughs> <laughs> and you can fish in these lakes, too. I've had heard people that fish, they just fish the whole time, too, which is kind of fun. And Yeah, we yeah. met a group cool. from the state of Utah, the Division the of Natural Resources, who were packing in with horses, and they were packing in for an eight-day trip. And they had they were up to study the fish. So they were like, have you guys been fishing? And we're like, no. And they're like, what have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking? <laughs> Just walking. <laughs> yeah, I think funny. it's all it's trout cute. or something up there. But yeah. Yeah, if you're a fisherman, like it's, or fisherwoman, I guess, like it's, mm -hmm. also, you can go, yeah. yeah. Lakes everywhere. Mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. So like not cell phone service, but a lot of the High Line, it takes, it would take a, a big day trip to hike in there. So when we planned it out, we had, when we crossed different trails, we had it on our map to, like, how long it would be to hike down to, like, a, a trailhead. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if somebody got hurt or if we weren't feeling well, like, mm -hmm. what, of our, what are our escape route possibilities? And we yeah. had those all planned out. And none of them were, like, easy cakewalks. So that was a bit of a motivator. Like, oh, if we get hurt, it's a 12-mile hike out from here. So. <laughs> so don't get hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have a beacon or anything, or what was your... No, we didn't. Um, I bet most people don't. Like, they're just like, all right, if we get hurt, we just hike out, and it'll just be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying. Um, mm -hmm. when, so the trail goes over Anderson Pass, which is how most people summit King's Peak, and from Anderson Pass up to the peak is only 0.7 miles. So uh, our third day, we hiked up over Anderson Pass, and we were planning on doing a side trip up to the top of King's Peak. But we were both feeling pretty gross. We'd done 20 miles a day before. We are tired. Mm -hmm. um, being up at elevation, I think almost yeah. the entire trail is above 10,000 feet. We just mm -hmm. had, like, upset stomachs and a little nauseous. And so we're sitting, looking up at King's Peak, and um, 
debating, like, should we hike up there? Like, oh, yeah, we should do it. And uh, Dan pulled out his phone and had cell phone service, and he called his dad. He was talking to his dad, and his dad's like, how's it going? And Dan's like, this is really hard. (laughs) I don't feel good. This is hard. And I I felt really bad because this had been my idea. This is the thing I wanted to do. And at that moment, I thought I was, you know, it felt a little bit like dragging a little kid down the trail that didn't (laughs) want to go. Uh (laughs) I'm like looking at my map and being, wow, we are really far from like a trailhead that we could walk out to. Um, So that was a bit of a low. And we started hiking up to Kings Peak and then we're like, you know, we, we don't need to add any extra mileage. Let's just walk down to camp and. Yeah, the next the next day was so much better. We slept in and um, continued on the trail, and it just it improved. So it was Aww, good. Okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, it's not, a, you know, do, well, you, do what that. you first came for, you know? What was, like, your day like, like a day on the trail? Uh, we probably woke up, like, with the sun. We didn't set an alarm or anything. And we were probably hiking by 8. Mm-hmm. We... Um, mostly ate cold breakfasts, so like Pop-Tarts in the morning, and then we'd put some snacks in the hip, hip pockets on our backpacks and start walking, and probably walk for a couple hours, refill water. Um, we did, we packed, um, lunches to make like tuna fish sandwiches, but after the first day, we decided we didn't really like the tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> so we just had like plain bagels for lunch mm-hmm. or just plain tuna, but not tuna on bagels. That was a bad food combination. <laughs> um, well, yeah. and your taste changed too. Like you said, not only when you're working out so much and you crave more salty, for example, but also elevation changes your um, taste as well. So I can definitely understand, like, what sounded like a good idea at the time. And it was like, no, let's just... This this was pretty blatant bad idea. Um, when we bought bagels, we bought sweet bagels. So I think one was berry and one was, like, cinnamon raisin. And then we had, like, tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why that would have been nasty. No, that would have been a... You were like, whoops. No, no amount of hiking made that any tastier. So, right, so you would hike, you'd take probably a lunch break, and then... Yeah, it was a lot of hiking. Hike again <laughs> yeah. until like bedtime, like till like a late afternoon or. Yeah, the twenty mile day we hiked in and it was dusk, um, and we were it was it was pretty hot all these days, and you're above tree line. It's sunny. We put on a lot of sunscreen and we were just feeling like grimy and gross. So the end of that yes. twenty mile day, um, we were camping at a lake and we we're like we're getting in the lake. <laughs> so it was like yeah. twilight and um, <laughs> we hop in the lake. But yeah, there's a few lakes that we hopped in, not not a ton. Well, that's yeah. good that you were able to do that and get at least a small amount of like <laughs> refreshing after yeah after all of that. Yeah, we brought wet wipes, so that was mostly like the end of the day. You wet wipe down and you're clean before you go to bed. <laughs> that's brilliant. And you had mentioned like food drops because it's hard to carry food for like eight six to eight days. Um, like, what did you guys do? And then what do you think you'd do if you were going to do it again? Yeah, so we packed seven plus days of food, mm-hmm. and um, that was by far the heaviest thing in our pack. Mm-hmm. There was a place, um, if I'm forgetting the name of the lake, but there's a lake that you can drive into. So I think it was about 25 
miles from Lighty Peak. Mm-hmm. So you could cache like a five-gallon bucket of food there mm, um, okay. to resupply for the next 60 miles of the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I were to do it again, I'd probably do that. So I could hike fewer miles and carry a little less food. Mm-hmm. So you would hike two days, I mean, it was two days, then pick up. So you just carry two days of food, then cash, pick up your cash, and then the next six days out? or yeah. Yeah, so you kind of at least give yourself a break for that, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Man, and so kind of what are any other stories that you had that were just like, this is this is why I love the High Line or this was the worst idea I did on the High Line? <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, some of these areas that you're hiking through, they're remote. So like I'm, I was as hiking, I was like, I'm probably not going to get out and like see these areas again, just um, that that was a cool feeling just to be out in the wilderness like with no um like structures or improvement or really like signs of man besides this hiking trail mm-hmm. um i think probably a low on the trail was running out of toilet paper <laughs> mm, that's hard and uh, we see other hikers and everybody's joking about like oh i packed too much food um do, like do you guys want to carry some of my food and like towards the end of the trail i was like wondering I was like should I just ask people for toilet paper (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll do a little hike swap (laughs) um so yeah if I would do it again I would pack a full roll of toilet paper (laughs) (laughs) so kind of what's your take home from this trail like what would you recommend to people who want to do it um what are some things that you just learned or yeah I would definitely practice hiking at higher elevations practice hiking with a pack on, so not just day hikes, but, like, hiking with some weight, which is different than just your little day pack you might normally hike with. Um, plan your route. And there's a lot of great websites and apps that you can use. Um, I use Avenza. We planned out our route with CalTopo. Yeah, just just get out and do it. They're spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's on my hit list, like, in the next, like, two years. I'm hoping to actually... Now that our mountain mamas are starting to get a little stronger and learn how to backpack a little better, I definitely want to do that. I think that's something we could do. Yeah. Yeah. I think with any backpacking trip, I would um, make your pack as light as you can mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. Don't go in there with a 40-pound pack. Like, you'll just kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. So a big, I started the trail with probably seven days worth of food and a liter of water. And I think my pack weighed like 31 pounds, 31 and a half. Nice. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, and it helps that you don't have to bring water because water weighs so much. Yeah. And yeah. so when you don't really have to bring, like, more than a liter of water. Yeah. And you can filter the water. That's really cool. Also, when you start with all your food, like, starting on day one, you're like, I need to eat as much as I can because it's going to make this pack lighter. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it just gets lighter as the days uh-huh. go on. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, my word. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. We are just honored to have you with us today. Um, and thank you so much for, um, for all our listeners, for spending some time with us today and sharing this adventure. All right. And to hear more fun stories like Caitlin has shared here today, make sure that you are subscribed to Spotify or that you're checking us on Podbean or Apple, wherever you're getting your podcasts. 
Thank you so much. And check out our website, mountainmamas.org, M-T-M-A-M-A-S dot O-R-G. Fantastic. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, the woman's place is in the mountains.